Are you one of those folks that at the closer Christmas gets, the more stressed out you get? Are you, you know, stressing out and anxious and, and all these various things, you know, because of trying to get food ready, trying to get the house ready, trying to get all the Christmas presents bought? Are you like me and maybe get down to the, the end of the line here, getting close to the Christmas day or the time of giving the gifts and you get to a point where I just got to get something. I just got to get, I got to find something somewhere. And you start just kind of grabbing things off the shelves or off, out of, out, off of Amazon, throw it in the cart, whatever, just so you can at least have something to show for Christmas. I wonder, you know, how did Christmas become such this big, stressful and, and, and anxious and, and, and pressure-filled time for us? Where is the peace at Christmas? You know, when we look at the, the Bible story, and we're going to look at it here in a few minutes, a lot of times we look at it and we have these pictures of Christmas as being just this all serene, you know, all the pictures are usually at night too, All the when we see the, the nativity and all that stuff set up, it's usually at night because of the star and all that good stuff. But we think of this serene and tranquil time and, and space and, and quiet, but was it really like that? Is that the way that the Christmas scene was really occurring? Well, let's go to, to God's Word. We're going to be looking at chap, uh, Luke chapter 2. You may be very familiar with the story. We're going to read some of the scripture we've already read and a little bit more tonight, today, excuse me, not tonight, a little bit more as well. So join me. I'm going to put it on the screen for us so that you can read along. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, and lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So for the most part, things seem pretty stressless, right? Pretty peaceful. You got Mary and, and Joseph who all of a sudden, unexpectedly, have a baby on the way. They have an unplanned pregnancy. Then they have an unplanned long-distance travel they have to take, long-distance distance trip. Then, of course, you know, because it's at the spur of the moment, 
when they get there, there's no place for them to stay. They have an unplanned vacation, so to speak. So you can imagine the stress that they were under just from that alone. But if we look back at verse 14, the angel's message to the shepherds was glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So what comes to your mind whenever you hear the word peace? Is it a state of mind to you? Kind of just clarity? Is it a place that you're in, quiet and tranquil? Is it a sense of just this, this quietness, this, this restfulness? You may have heard the, the Hebrew word shalom, because that's, that's used very often. And, and you may wonder, you know, you know what means peace? But why? What kind of peace does it mean? In fact, Isaiah actually uses this in one of his, his prophecies of the one that we just, that I mentioned earlier to the kids, of Jesus when he's to be born. It says, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, it's true that the word shalom can mean peace, prosperity, welfare, success, state of health, friendliness, deliverance, or salvation. It's also used as Isaiah had pointed to Jesus going to be being crucified. In Isaiah 53, he said, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. So you may, you know, again, wonder, what is this peace? What does peace mean to us? What is this peace that Jesus said, or that the angel said that God had sent Jesus to give to us? Well, let's go to Jesus' own words. John chapter 14, verse, 7, verse 27 told us that Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, let not your hearts be afraid. So again, Jesus says, peace, says, my peace I give to you. What is his peace? Well, first, let's kind of dive into a little bit of the background to understand the peace that Jesus brings. We need to also understand the world that he had come into at that time, what had gone on prior to him arriving in the manger, prior to him being, being born of Mary on Christmas. Well, see, but if you, I don't know if you know or not, but between the, the New Testament and the Old Testament, there's a, a, a gap in time, a space in time, you might say. We call this the intertestament silence. And what it is, there's actually about a 400-year gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament and the, the happenings of what was going on. So we don't have a whole lot of biblical information there, but we know historically there were a lot of things still occurring during that time. And it seemed like God was quiet because the Old Testament was given, which was his word and his law and all the prophetic books and all that. And then it's like things just kind of cease. It's almost like he had spoken, but then he stepped back. And I promise you he didn't, but we don't have any, any of his words during that time. He had given us his word all, already, and his word wasn't going to return until Christ himself was born. But during this time... The Jews continued to have all kinds of troubles plague them in the area. They had found themselves under Persian rule. 
They had found themselves after the Persians had, had been defeated by the, the Ptolemies, which were from Egypt. Then you had the Seleucids from Syria that had come in. Then you had a period of Hellenistic influences. These were the Greek folks that were coming in and bringing about their own beliefs and bringing about the, the mythologies and all and their, their hero worship and their pharaohs and all that good stuff. And then you had a little bit of time where the Jews kind of had it made in a sense. You had the Maccabean and the, the Hasmonean revolt. And during that time, they were actually able to have a little bit of respite. But then the Romans come in. And the Romans begin levying all these different taxes on them, levying these systems of oppression and rules upon them. While they weren't persecuting them per se, they were still making life rather difficult for them. And they were the occupying force from 63 BC until sometime after Jesus had been born. So it was to this that the, the baby was announced to be born to, to the lowly shepherds in this time of political unrest and this heavy oppression that the Jews were under at this time. So you can understand or you can imagine the, the desire, the longing that they had been having for this Messiah to come in and liberate them. And if you're struggling today, you can kind of definitely, I'm going to say kind of definitely, you can most likely empathize with the Romans during this time, because what are you looking for? You're looking for Jesus to make a change in your life, to bring about some sort of peace in your life, to give you some sort of healing in your life, to make a difference, we will say. And so you're looking for that peace, that, that healing that, that you've, you know that he can give you or that he can offer you. But I want to tell you the peace that he brings and the peace that he brought with him at his birth, it isn't a peace of tranquility or quietness. It wasn't a healing at, at that time in that moment. In fact, in the scriptures, he actually tells us he didn't come to earth to bring peace. And he was speaking to the kind of peace that we were looking for, that the people were looking for. It's so much more than this. John chapter 14, verse, 7, verse 27 told us that Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be afraid. Jesus said, my peace is not like the world gives. You see, the world gives temporary peace. That's all we experience. Even if we have moments of quietness or moments of tranquility or, or moments where, where nothing's going on in our lives and things just seem to be rolling about perfectly fine, things happen. Things change. Troubles come, trials come, sickness comes, chaos comes, more stressful situations come into our lives and they just ruin those moments of peace. This peace can be broken. It's temporary. Our situations change. Again, you can have that peaceful moment, but then in a flash, it's gone. But Jesus says he gives us my peace, his peace. And his peace is not like the world gives. It's a peace that only he can give. Friends, this peace that he came into the world to give and this peace that he offers to us today is peace with God. Often we may not even realize that we need this peace. In fact, I think that's why the, the Jews had missed it because, again, the Jews were looking for the political, the earthly peace. They wanted a political 
person to come in like like King David and usher in, you know, defeat all their enemies and usher in this time of peace, give them this autonomy once again in their own lives so that they could own their own land, so that they could do their, their own thing. And the truth is, they're still waiting. They're still looking for a political leader to come about. They don't recognize that they're not at peace with God because they haven't come to peace with Jesus. They haven't accepted Christ. So they're still waiting on this, this worldly peace that isn't going to come until Jesus returns himself during his second advent. But to be honest, we're just like him in a lot of ways. We've got another election cycle coming up here in another couple years. And what are we going to be looking for from a candidate? We're looking for them to give us some kind of peace in our lives, some kind of autonomy in our own lives. In fact, if you look into, if we go a little bit further and in, in, in the book of Daniel or the book of Revelation and, and the talk of the Antichrist, most believe, most theologians and commentators believe it's probably going to be some sort of political leader that rises up and promises an earthly peace. Because that's what we're looking for. That's going to be the thing that causes so many to fall for the lie. Jesus didn't come to bring an earthly peace. He came to bring and give us peace between us and God. He brings us a harmony, which is another word for peace, which I would say it's more of a reconciliation that brings us into harmony with God, brings us back into unity with God. I've talked before how the Bible tells us we are enemies of God when we are not followers of Christ, when we're not believers in Christ. And notice the angel's words to the shepherds. Luke 2.14 said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. Some translations say it is peace to people he favors or peace to those who are in or in whom his favor rests. You see, it, it isn't a peace on earth or it isn't a peace to the earth that he came to bring. It is a peace to a people. Is a peace to you and to me. And you may need to ask yourself, or you may, may be wondering, how do I obtain this peace? How do I get to have this peace between me and God? Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it's when I replace our faith in Christ and trust in his work and give him our lives, trusting in his righteousness, trusting in his, his payment for our sins upon the cross, it is then that we are reconciled, brought back into harmony, brought back into peace with God. And then we can experience that, that eternal peace there. That peace that he gives that no one can take away. No man, no earth, no, no, nothing here on the earth can remove that peace from our lives. But I know some of you are wondering, well, great, I'm saved already. I've got this peace, but what does this mean for me today? How can I apply Christ's peace that he gives with my situation right now? Where's my peace in this earthly situation? Can I have peace on earth? Well, friends, I want to remind you of Jesus being in the boat with the disciples. And as he was on the, as they were floating upon the, those waves, the storm come up, Jesus is asleep. 
And the disciples all of a sudden are, are beginning to question their own lives. In that moment, they were looking for peace. They were looking for calmness. So they wake Jesus up. And Jesus rises up and he speaks a word out to the, the seas. He says, peace, be still. He calmed the seas while he was in the boat with the disciples. Then he turns to his disciples and he asks them, why are you so afraid? Why do you think he asked that question of them? See, I think it's because they shouldn't have been troubled. They shouldn't have been afraid. They had the master in the boat with them. They had the captain of the seas in the boat with them. And yet they were afraid because they thought he wasn't with them. He was asleep. He wasn't paying attention to them, right? So they wake him. Friends, I got to tell you, if you're in Christ, you've got the master of the boat in, in, in you. Jesus is with you. He's with you through all the storms of your life. You don't have to wake him up. He's there with you. It is those moments you might need to call out to him, not because he's not paying any attention, but because you need to pay attention to him. He's in the boat. He's on the waves with you. He's in the storms of life, carrying you through them in all likelihood. And I'm reminded of Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, Jesus' birth brought peace amidst the chaos in the moment. I'm sure that whenever he was being born, once he was in Mary's arms, that it seemed like eternity in that moment. All the chaos, all the strife, all the pain had ended for a little while. That's the picture I see when I see the nativity. That's the picture I have, the feeling I have inside myself. Because I know he's with me. And his presence is with you now. His presence is there to help you find peace in your own turbulent times. It's kind of like I was reminded of, you know, we talked about joy last week and, and joy being a choice. We have to choose to have joy in whatever our situation is. Rejoice again, Paul said, remember? Friends, I think having peace is the same. We can have peace knowing that we have Jesus. We can have peace knowing that we are in a right relationship with the Father because of Jesus. So it's not the situation around us that steals our peace. If we keep our eyes and our mind focused on Christ. And I'm not going to, I'm never one to, to sugarcoat things or deny things. I can tell you now that in the midst of storms, you need to choose to remain on the rock because here's the thing. He may or may not choose to calm your seas. He may or may not choose to put you in a peaceful and serene environment. But I can promise you one thing. If the storm's there, so is he. 
Again, he never leaves or forsakes us. He's always there. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace. So friends, I want to assure you of one thing. True peace is found nowhere except for in a relationship with Christ. It's not an absence of trouble. It's a relationship with the Master. And so, of course, if you aren't right with Christ, then there's no peace for you. Eternal or present. But you can choose this day to trust in faith and receive his peace. If you'll give him, your, give him your life today, if you will tell him, I trust, I believe. and Ask him into your heart, into your life. You can receive salvation. You can receive his peace, which no one can take from you. God the Father sent the Son to reconcile the world to himself. That includes you. That includes me. Through faith, we can be saved. Let us pray. Father God, we know your peace. We know Jesus. For those of us that have already accepted him into our lives, Father, we know your peace. We can have that assurance knowing that we have unity with the Father through the Son. That you gave him as a gift in that manger to the world if we would just receive him. And with him comes hope, joy, peace. Because you loved us. Father, you don't take that peace back from us because it is him within us. And he's always with us even in the storms of life. Pray you help us to remember that. I pray that you remind us through your word, through our times in prayer, through our times in meditation, and through our times of worshiping you, that we have that feeling of that peace within us, knowing that thou art with us. For it is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, friends, I want to make sure you know that my, my heart and goal or heart and, and, and wish for you is just that you know the Lord, that you know Jesus, and that you know his peace. And whatever struggles you're in, whatever storms of life you're in, know that you're not alone. 